Blue Wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Blake Bubble. With me once again, my co-host, Dylan Reagan. We're back here to uh, go into some thoughts on our second divisional preview for the 2021 NFL season. Um, yes, once again, as you can tell, I'm, I'm in my war room here, Dylan. That's, that's how I refer to. Like, I'm, I'm in a different location, but like we're going to call it the the uh, Establish the Past is where I'm uh, recording this from. So that's why I sound a little different again. Uh, for this one, but um, we're also going to discuss a different division. Last time we went with the NFC North, given all the uh, craziness going on with Aaron Rodgers officially back now with the Packers. Uh, we're going to go to the other North, and that's the AFC North, which uh, I think, Dylan, is probably just as intriguing or probably more intriguing when you uh, think about uh, the potential contenders here. And as we'll see when we talk about each of these teams, the win totals uh, are not that far apart with really all four of these teams in this division. Yeah, potentially the strongest division in the NFL. I'd still say the NFC West, even with some down years last year by the Niners and the Cardinals not quite meeting expectations. I'd still say the NFC West might be a little bit higher, but I I mean, the AFC North, it's hard to argue against it with three teams making the playoffs last year, three teams that have playoff expectations, division title expectations this season, and a Bengals team that expects to not be quite so bad uh, this year. As you can see by the win total, a little higher than I thought it would be, but the projections from football outsiders, from other, from uh, PFF and other sides seem to be as if they're upticking. I would not be uh, too confident in picking them to make the playoffs or be closer to 500, but I do think the Bengals are going in the right direction. So you end up with a division now that kind of like the West uh, in the NFC has a number of playoff caliber teams and even the bottom uh, teams in the division are, turning in the right direction. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's absolutely one of the more intriguing divisions in the NFL and probably, for me, one that, uh, at least between these teams at the top, and even to see how Cincinnati progresses. These are going to be some of the divisional matchups I'm the most excited for in 2021. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And, um, yeah, it's just uh, we'll, we'll go through each of these, but it's, it's very interesting to see kind of where they're slotted here early on. All right, let's start with the Steelers. Uh, they don't have the highest uh, win projection right now. Uh, it's eight and a half is where that's at. And uh, there's a couple teams they'll have ahead of them. Probably not a big surprise because uh, the only what it's all going to come down to is uh, basically, I think a large part, what it came down to last season. Uh, how does Big Ben play? That is probably going to decide <laughs> just how good the Steelers are, as you and I have talked about. I mean, this is a team that we know the defense is is going to to probably be the strength of this team again uh, overall, and you know you get some guys back healthy and all that, but it's just still, I think the offense they're they're still unknowns, and you know Big Ben's a year older now, um, and it's just I mean you've got guys at at wide receiver, yes, you know we know what Juju's capable of, we know what Deontay Johnson's capable of, um, you know Chase Claypool, we saw that last year as a rookie. Those guys all have potential, and they've all proven they can have huge games. But mm-hmm. can the passing game be consistent? I think that's the big question. And then, of course, at running back, you've got a new guy stepping in, um, and Najee Harris expected to probably lead the way there. 
So there, there's a lot of stuff to figure out, I think, still offensively, defensively. I don't really have a ton of worries with them, uh, even if, you know, maybe they're not going to be just completely just the, the steel curtain or anything or, or even as good as they were uh, maybe, you know, a couple of seasons ago. But I still think that's a defense that's going to cause some problems for some people. But I just don't really know still what to expect from the offense. Yeah, it's it's and it's a disappointing thing that I know Steelers fans have thought about looking back at how dominant their offense was just five, six years ago. And the defense was lacking, and now they've flipped it completely, and it's like they just kind of didn't time both uh, units being as strong as they could be. I feel like they would have probably won a Super Bowl if they had this defense of some of those uh, Big Ben, Le'Veon, AB offenses from 2014-15 era. Um, but now, I mean, it's just the reality of it. Like you're saying, the offensive line for me is my biggest concern. Obviously, Big Ben staying healthy and p- still producing is another part of it. We saw it really fluctuated uh, last season. Has some good targets, as you're mentioning. Some guys that can have really big games. I, I do think between Claypool and, and Deontay Johnson, it, you know, what, regardless of what happens with Juju after this season, I think those it is a really solid duo. It's just the offensive line for me. I'm worried for Najee Harris. Um, you know, going into coming from, uh, you know, I still think he has the potential to be great and over time, but I, there's going to be a, it's going to be a huge difference going from having one of the most dominant offensive lines in college football and just having that kind of talent gap to going with this unit, which just last year as much, you know, as much as we look at the uh, the struggles of their running game and some things uh, with the running back position itself, I really think it started uh, with the offensive line. So that, that is my concern there. Uh, also, obviously, last year, they, they really beat up on bad teams. They had a much easier schedule than they're going to have this season, according to Football Outsiders projections, as well as sharp football analysis, uh, based on uh, what they expect from the, uh, their opponents to do for the season. They have the second toughest schedule on, uh, by both measures. So it's, I mean, the, the defense is great, and I do think they're still going to be able to play, uh, you know, maybe they don't finish first in DVOA again, but even if they, I, I wouldn't, think they'd fall off further than fourth or fifth it really is the offense and it just there are pitfalls and we started seeing things as the season went on against tougher opponents where they just could not move the football uh that i have concerns about i still think their defense is too good to let them you know be anywhere below around 500 but that eight and a half for me might be a little low i might still be going over the eight and a half win total for the steelers um i'd I'd still expect a nine and eight season at least um but their ceiling for me, you know, last year they won 12 games, but they probably played closer to a 10 and 10 and a half win football team. Um, I think 11 is probably my ceiling. It might 12 and five isn't out of the question at all. But they'd really need uh, they'd really need Big Ben to take a step forward, and they need this offensive line to play at a much higher level and allow Najee Harris to show off the, the you know the dynamic dynamic play making ability he has. And I do. I am excited for him. I just wish he was going into a, a Steeler offensive line again from a few years ago when their offensive line that has now aged out and a lot of guys are gone um, was one of the better units in the NFL at that point. It's just it's really hard <laughs> to stay that good. And uh, for Pittsburgh, it's, it's also tough for them because they're the two other teams in their division are, are really coming up at this point. Yeah, I'd probably go over slightly, but I, yeah. I think it's you're not too confident just because of the schedule. And you, know, you kind of mentioned some of the challenges they're going to have there you know they play at buffalo they play at green bay they're at cleveland of course um they got to go to minnesota they got to go to kansas city they got to go to baltimore um you know and then of course like you said you've also got those divisional games against the ravens against the browns um you know they've got a game against the seahawks in there so there's there's a lot of tough games and and i would guess you know perhaps towards the end of the season we look back and say that actually wound up being one of the tougher schedules in the league 
maybe just based on their opponents and the, the you know the potential for a lot of playoff teams on that list. Uh, of course, we're not talking about the Lions. Sorry, Lions. Um, we talked about you in the previous episode. Uh, I don't think I'm including them in that group, but uh, th- there's a lot elsewhere. And so, yeah, that's a it's an interesting setup for the Steelers. And uh, you talked about Najee Harris. I think we're actually going to talk about him again here in a second. So uh, we'll get to him uh, in another category. But let's talk about the Ravens. Um, they and we'll just go ahead and say it. They're they're tied with the Browns for the highest. Uh, win total right now, 10.5, both of those teams. Uh, but if we if we really look at the Ravens, I mean, I think certainly the progression of Lamar Jackson, that's going to be a, a big talking point for a lot of people. When you kind of look and see, you know, we've we've seen him over the past several seasons. We've watched this game. You know, there have been times where he's been just completely dominant, and there's no way to stop him. There have been other times where, you know, passing-wise, there have been inconsistencies and those kind of things. I think it's an interesting season for them because – you and I talked about it before we started recording. In terms of like their 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 weapons, like they have weapons on it. Like we know Marquise Brown, like he can he can break off a big play. But I mean, you know, you're adding Rashad Bateman, and you expect him to come in and have a, a pretty good season to start off with. I know you're going to talk about him in a second, but it's like you got Sammy Watkins, and it's sort of like Miles Boykin. These are these are solid players, but. It's sort of one of those things where you know the strength of the Ravens is probably still going to be with their run game, and they're still going to lean on, you know, J.K. Dobbins. They're going to lean on Lamar to do things with his legs. Uh, and then you look on the other side on the defense. Uh, we know the additions that they've added there in terms of the guys they picked up. Uh, Patrick Queen will certainly step in and be, a, I think, you know, provide a pretty big boost for them, uh, too, in terms of, of what he's been able to do. Uh, so I think there's a lot of intriguing options here. Uh, but I think still we're, we're going to have our eye on that offense just to see what the development looks like, uh, I think, there. And, of course, I didn't mention Mark Andrews. That's sort of a given. We know he's probably one of the best tight ends in the league. So Yeah, absolutely. I it, It's a big season for, for them in terms of, you know, where they went, obviously, a couple of years ago with uh, Mars MVP season last year going down a bit. And the questions still remain a bit about how much, uh, you know, other teams kind of not figured out, but got used to Greg Roman's offense and, got used to defending it and some of the blueprints that were laid even the season before they broke out with what the Chargers did with way more defensive backs on the field to keep up with the speed of their running game. Uh, obviously, they, they still were able to overpower a lot of teams last year and still, despite those struggles, still ended up making the playoffs. And I think their offense, DVOA-wise, uh, uh, at 11th last year, uh, the passing game was a problem. On the second, it was on the back half of the, of the league in terms of its efficiency. I do think... Uh, obviously Bateman a lot of pressure but it's hard to ex- expect him to come in and just be like the savior of that receiving <laughs> room I I still think they have some talented players but that they definitely need to take a step there and and kind of a, you know this, this, this is how teams succeed in the NFL a lot of times you have a system but how you adjust year to year and stay different and those kind of things on offense I think will be interesting to see what they can do and we kind of saw it as the latter half of the year went on obviously they Struggled in the playoff loss to Buffalo, that game when the, the wind and everything, it was kind of a weird circumstance and some freaky plays happened. Lamar obviously got the concussion and, I, you know, it's I, I still have a lot of optimism for them. Um, I, I think on, on the defensive side of the ball, I'd expect them to even probably improve a little bit. They were a borderline top 10 unit uh, DVOA wise. I think they have the capability to be a top five unit. And I think that's that balance of both sides is why I'm still optimistic about that 10 and a half um, win total. They have the second highest projected win total according to, to Football Outsiders at 10.6. That's again with the with Football Outsiders projections, they really do go towards the mean. So the fact that that's the the second highest in the league, only behind Tampa Bay, shows you 
obviously they're being a little conservative. I do think uh, more like an 11. I, I, I think the, the floor is probably similar to Pittsburgh around a nine and eight campaign, which I, which is why for Pittsburgh, I really do think, again, like you said, <laughs> betting the over on that for me makes sense. Eight and a half. It's a little scary, but I think for the Ravens, I would go over two just because nine is my floor ceiling wise. I think like 13 and four isn't unrealistic. They do have, uh, according to both metrics uh, for the strength of schedule based on their opponents forecasted win totals their 10th in in uh, in strength of schedule 10th toughest schedule so it's still not an easy one uh, but we saw them beat some pretty good teams last year and uh, I still have optimism about them being a playoff team at the very least it would be really a disappointment if Baltimore doesn't get to the postseason uh, obviously in a division this tough though it's really hard at this point until we get to our division uh uh, preview uh, or picking uh, our, our division winners and Super Bowl winners. I'm not going to make my pick for this division because it's just too tough at this point. Here's the big difference with the Ravens and the Steelers. We just said if the Steelers would go to Green Bay, Minnesota, Kansas City, the Ravens get all three of those teams at home. So, <laughs> like, that is a huge difference. Sure. Um, and they also get the Rams at home. Um, so, you know, it's like – uh, that that's big. Like it again, it's not like a one's two and one's one. You know, it's just three. I mean, they get all three of those. Like again, arguably, you could probably make the case their three toughest games outside their division are probably they're all going to be in Baltimore. So um, that's that's a big boost, and so that can help you get to that total. So I'm with you. I think I'm going over ten and a half uh, with them. And, and like you said, I, I don't think getting to thirteen or so is out of the question. Uh, just depending on how some of those things uh, progress there with them. But like we said, the Ravens, not the only team at 10.5 right now. That is the Cleveland Browns, who were certainly uh, a team that really kind of came into their own last season, finally, after Dylan and I had been picking it seemingly for the past two years. Uh, we were waiting on that, and uh, they finally got there. And now I think it's just, you know, how do you – what's the next step? Like, what's what do you do now to take that that next step forward to – possibly you know get to a Super Bowl and, and get in that same sort of category I think it's going to be interesting to let I mean this is a team that you know really gets a lot of guys back from that team from last season I mean really a lot of the sort of main foundation guys uh, you know they're going to have them coming back they add they make some you know additions as well but really with with their core pretty much in place from from that team that really again just emerged last season um, I think that it makes sense why this this win total is where it is, and I think it's just a matter of seeing if they can they can capitalize on what they did last season and, and take that next step. Yeah, the the advanced data from Football Outsiders and some of these other places does not uh, predict them being quite this good. They did outplay their projections a bit last season, won some close games that really had at times a pretty easy schedule. But I, I think it, the ten and a half reflects just the the general sentiment among football fans. I think a lot of uh, non if if you're not a fan of a team in one of these divisions, you enjoyed probably the Browns' success last year and a fun team to watch. Uh, obviously, almost <laughs> took down the Chiefs in the playoffs and a team that you, you feel for a fan base that went has gone through so much. So I think part of that sentiment of just wanting the Browns to be good probably bumps that number up a bit with the way that people are betting. Um, I still am optimistic too uh, for some of those same reasons, but. I do think their defense taking a step has to be the, the biggest thing. Their defense last year, I mean, at times, was brutal. They finished 25th in DVOA, one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. Uh, obviously, they've tried to address that. I feel I felt good about the, you know, obviously getting Greg Newsom, but uh, Owusu Koromoa from Notre Dame as well with that second-round pick. Obviously, there's some concerns with uh, his knee, but 
Uh, though, I mean, I, I, and I think just the as we kind of talked about uh, early in the off season with their um, with their free agency signings. Uh, obviously, I saw John Johnson up close for a long time with the Rams. I think Troy Hill as well as their nickelback really really came into his own over the last couple of years with the Rams. So I think both of those additions to their secondary are going to take big steps. Um, uh, you know, expecting Clowney to stay really healthy is one thing, um, and, and expecting some of these linebackers uh, that they have to step up. Still not the strongest unit there, but we've seen some other teams that if you have a really good pass rushing, uh, strong defensive line and a good secondary, it can make up for a lot of things uh, in the middle of your defense. So I think that is why I, I just think the defense is going to be better. That's probably why I'm a little more optimistic on them. I'll put the ceiling or the, the floor and maybe for the Steelers, because if everything goes to hell on with the quarterback situation and their offensive line, maybe I should put the Steelers down to like seven and ten. But um <laughs> The, the Browns, my floor is probably around the same because they do have still a really tough schedule compared to last year. It's a much, much tougher. Um, so th- those kind of things concern me. Uh, they're, they're projected to have 8.6 wins by football outsiders. So it's probably the biggest difference between the, um, from what I've seen at least so far, uh, between what the projections have for the wins and what the, the betting total is. Um, yeah, yeah, they have the eighth toughest schedule, so a bit tougher uh, than, you know, going through what the Ravens have just based on, like you said, some of those home games and those those kind of things. So I I still think the ceiling's going to be in that 11 to 12 win range, though. I, I still think they have that capability. I, I still believe in this offensive line. Um, and I, I think they're going to be just really strong again. And one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. We'll see with Odell coming back and the receiving corps. I thought Shard Higgins did a fantastic job last season. Um, so I, I have optimism for sure. I just it's it's the defense that has to. Re- it can't be that bad again. If they if they're that bad, if they're in the if they're in the twenty twenty five range again, uh, even with the Browns having a good offense, it'll be a fun team for fantasy owners and a fun team to watch if you don't care about the result. But I do think they'll hover back towards the mean. You're just not going to win as many close games as they did last year, year to year. Um, you're not going to have as easy of a schedule again. So it's kind of a, you have these expectations and what the reality of your situation is. I, I still am very excited for the Browns. Um, still a team that I think uh, can and should expect to make the playoffs, but uh, they're going to have to play a bit better against some of the better teams uh, that they face. And they, they didn't really beat that many winning teams till the end of the season and did take some kind of fluky uh, you know, things that happen in that playoff game for them to hold on against the Steelers. So um, uh, it's going to be they're, they're a team that I don't have as maybe as good of a grasp on as the Ravens. I feel a little more confident what they're going to be. But for the ten and a half, I personally might go under, but I would not bet my own money because I want to I want to root uh, for the Browns when they're playing on Sundays. I don't want to have to uh, be hoping that they win less than uh, 11 games. I think I'm going under 10 and a half and I would probably bet my own money on that um, because I'm looking at their schedule. They are like the Steelers. They they're playing at Kansas City, at Minnesota, at Green Bay. And oh, by the way, they also have to go to New England to play the Patriots. Oh, by the way, they also have to play at the Ravens and at the Steelers. Um, so I see the Texans on there. That one looks good. Yep. Um, so, so does the Lions. <laughs> Those two look great. Uh, but I'm telling you, the rest of them. Like, I don't know. Uh, there, there, There's a lot. I mean, because, you know, the Cardinals, we don't really know what to expect from the Cardinals. I think you could say the same thing about the Broncos, probably. That's a game the, Bra- or the Browns they, should win, but, you know. They have to win all the games they should win. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that's probably not going to happen. Great. Like, you're going to yeah. lose a game somewhere that you probably shouldn't, but you're also going to probably pick up one of those road games. Like I said, uh, you, you'll probably pick up multiple somewhere in those, but I still think I'd probably feel okay with 10. So that's why I would go under... Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think nine is actually maybe 
in that range too. I, I I don't feel confident about 11 or more at this point. So um, yeah, so I would probably go under 10 and a half at this. Just, but I don't know. Like it's going to be interesting, like you said, we actually make our picks for this division because I I think this is a big part of it. But there's a lot to consider. So um, I don't know if there's as much as consider with the the Cincinnati Bengals six and a half, but. They're at least interesting, like we said. I mean, who knows what last season would have looked like and maybe how far along they'd be at this point had Burrow played the entire year. So I think it's really hard to to know. Um, and so maybe that that is something where it's still going to take a little while for them. To, and it would have taken a little while last season, but you, you would have had that full year under your belt with Burrow mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, make those extra steps. But now that he's back, you know, he adds a weapon like Jamar Chase. I think that really that... What he has to work with from an offensive standpoint is 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 a bit underrated to me. I mean, we saw like Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, like even Auden Tate, like someone just with a ton of size. Like they've got some interesting options there, and and I think we saw that last year when Burrow was playing, was that they they can make some strides. However, on the defensive side, um, there I think there's still a lot left to be desired there, um, and so that's going to be the big problem I think for the Bengals is no matter how good the offense is. I think there are still things they're going to have to to get on track uh, with the defense, and then there are some other different things. You know, even with the offense, they're, they're not going to be you know just completely the most dominant offense in the league or anything. So I can I can understand this six and a half here, and I think it's an interesting number um, over. Obviously, if you you bank on the potential of them kind of breaking out, and we finally get a full season of Burrow. But I also think it's like, like we said, given their their schedule and the, the teams they're going to have to play out of division, it's not necessarily going to be that easy either. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's it's the strength of schedule that's the problem. Like I I would feel like pretty decent about them going over six and a half if they played in a lot of divisions in the NFL where six of their games weren't against really high quality opponents outside of yeah all the other uh, non non division games that they have. So it, like you're saying, the defense is still a work in progress. I do think they're Obviously, you have, in my opinion, the quarterback situation figured out. There's still some debates about Joe Burrow's rookie season. He struggled a bit with the deep ball, uh, didn't have a ton of completions over 20 yards, but a lot of times it weren't exactly his fault. Didn't always have a lot of time to throw. Um, having Jonah Williams, uh, you know, there, they feel better about him being in place when they didn't take Sewell. I still think, you know, for their offensive line, obviously having a guy like that would have made a big difference. But Jamar Chase and Burrow have such great chemistry. I'm so excited to see what they're able to do when Burrow has time. I don't think Burrow's toughness is a problem, but you can only take so many hits in the NFL, and we saw that eventually catch up to him uh, last season. I still have concerns, again, about their defense, too. Um, Like with, you know, they made some, they had some picks in the middle rounds of the draft, but I I just don't feel uh, Trey Hendrickson is an interesting addition along the line. But overall, it's not, a unit that scares you by any means. And I just, I want that running game. And I know Joe Mixon and fantasy owners have been frustrated with him for a while, but it's not, it's really the offensive line too. So it's the offensive line that needs to have a better mentality, a better drive. And uh, obviously it's not like these guys aren't trying to, to be their best, but um, I, it's, it's not, they weren't getting the job done <laughs> running the ball last year. It was yeah. one of the, uh, some of the least um, in terms of the, the ground, the ground gained when they're running the ball uh, at the line of scrimmage, one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. So it's, they, it's an uphill climb in that regard. I do think they have some of the more important pieces figured out now, obviously with under center. So this year is just about keeping Burrow healthy in my mind and seeing that progress forward. They are projected to win over their six and a half win total. They're projected uh, to win seven and a half games. 
um, schedule-wise, the fifth toughest um, based on the projected um, finishes for their opponents. That That's the part, again, that scares me. I, I would feel like, okay, maybe eight and nine is within reach, uh, or nine and eight, if they played in one of the, uh, and maybe the NFC East, we'll see how that bounces back this season. But even like the, the AFC South outside of the Titans, I'm not sure how I feel about the other teams at this point. So uh, it's that schedule that for me is what's going to be concerning. But I do think that in the long run is will help this team to maybe two, three years down the line where we're not talking about them like this. Those kind of games that will harden them and helping them help them uh, take another step will be there. But at this point, my my floor is probably still like in that four range if if their defense is just a disaster. Um, but I, I think the ceiling is as high as, yeah, I guess, eight, eight and nine. Ugh. But it's, that feels like a that's a high ceiling. Like, I think I think the six and a half number is basically on point. I think they're they're a five to seven, six to seven win team. Um, but if you're a Cincinnati fan, that's not the concern. It's just about taking those steps and improving yourself and uh, taking the taking those necessary getting a kind of idea of what you need moving forward and then making again those additions in the draft and the free agency and then maybe next season you're you're thinking of yourselves as a dark horse uh, playoff candidate. Yeah, I right now would probably go under, but I think like you said, I think honestly my range for them is probably like six to eight. So I don't really know. I mean, I think it's yeah. you know I don't I don't think it's lower than six, but uh, that's why I would. It's it's hard to pick that one. I think that's pretty spot on. And outside of the teams we've already mentioned um, in the uh, NFC North, and uh, what was it the who else do they play? Um, yeah, not say, the not the West. Yeah. They only play one team from the West. That's right. Yeah. So AFC West. Yes, that's right. So they've also, for example, they get the Jags, they get the Jets. Um, you know, so the Jags should be improved. The Jets, who knows? They should, I guess. But like those are the because of where they finished last season, that's why they get those teams. And so that's at least, you know, a couple possible things going in their favor. But still, the rest of the schedule is uh, it's very challenging, like we said. So um, that is, uh, yeah, that, that could be a concern uh, there for them. But, you know, just like the uh, Ravens, uh, at least the Bengals get all three of those. I'm going to call them the three swing games here. <laughs> the pa- I don't think it's really going to matter for the Bengals. But uh, the Packers, the Vikings, and the Chiefs, they get them all in Cincinnati. So uh, there's there's that. All right, let's go, you know, to our, our really exciting uh, portion here where we pick our uh, little choices here. As we said, we're going we're gonna to make your actual predictions for this later down the line for the season starts for the division. But uh, our division MVP, uh, Dylan, we kind of thought about this, and <laughs> I just don't uh, think it's uh, – until proven otherwise, I think Lamar Jackson is the choice. And, like, we, we kind of ruminated over it about – in a, the best scenario, sure, if the Browns won the division or something, you could maybe make the case for a Nick Chubb or, um, I don't know, like, I, don't, I don't know if Baker's in there. It depends on how good he does, I guess. But it's like, otherwise, I just don't – I don't think there's many other options to go with other than Lamar here. The, yeah, the only other one that I – when we were talking before was, like, if the Cincinnati somehow got right. to like, 10 wins or, like, yeah. got in the, the cusp of the playoff scene and Joe Burrow had, like, 45 – Hundred passing yards, like yeah. that. Then, then maybe he's in that conversation. But at this point, it, it's hard to, to predict that. With uh, again, with the offensive line he has, and at this point, I, I do believe Joe Burrow will be great and potentially division MVP here for the, the AFC North eventually. But at this point, it's Lamar Jackson. I think he's going to have a better season than last year, somewhere probably in between last season and what he did in his MVP campaign. And that 
for me is enough <laughs> to to put them on the, that level. I think again, they, it's a it's a big season for them because they've had now this system for a few years and seeing how is it going to work long term or is it going to be something that they're going to have to really adapt uh, moving forward. I think this is a good uh, case or test uh, in the 2021 season, but I I still think no matter what, Lamar's going to put up huge numbers and ultimately. Uh, at this point, even though I have not going to pick my division winner, I'd say I'd even, and I want to take all the time I can. I think I'm leaning probably Baltimore, and it's a big reason why is number eight. Yeah, uh, it's probably where I'm leaning too, and yes, the same reasoning applies there. All right, our breakout player, we, we kind of laughed about it when we did this for the NFC North. We were like, well, there's probably like two or three options. I think here you had several more, uh, like we said, probably based on the strength of the division and uh, different options you could go towards. I'm going to go with Najee Harris. I'm I'm going to go with my theme, Dylan. Of you just never you never bet against an Alabama running back. I think there's there's always uh, potential there, but I do you know also have some of the concerns you mentioned. But but I do feel like also that he's going to get the workload to be able to probably support a pretty good season. Uh, but like we said, let's say something goes wrong, Big Ben, and all of a sudden you know the offense goes south and the Steelers are having to throw the ball 50 times a game. Um, that's where maybe you have the concerns, but I think you always talk about it. You know, if you're a team that can just be confident, let's say when the passing game for the Steelers, you know, you've got a great defense. If you can run the ball, you can do a lot of things. And so I, I just think Najee Harris, I feel like he's the type of player that they can really lean on, uh, running back. And so I'm going to go with him just because I think that he's got a pretty good upside there in his first season. Yeah. I think he'll still be a big threat in their receiving game too and I think to yeah. alleviate some of the pressure that offensive line is going to give up they'll obviously probably have a really good screen package built in for him so I, I do think even if running the ball he doesn't meet uh, some of the rookie season expectations I think still he'll be able to make some big plays for them um, other candidates I mean I so for, I put Jamar Chase which ended up being I mean it seems like a pretty easy pick and yeah. safer pick but I mean, we'll see. I mean, there's there are as we we kind of you were mentioning before, like they have a lot of options now suddenly for the receiving corps. Didn't really talk about that talking about the the Bengals, but between him, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, um, and even guys like Auden Tate, like they have a solid group now of of, of receivers that are. Who, we'll see though how many you know how that affects Chase's target load. I still think his chemistry, which with uh, Joe Burrow, can't be understated. I know they were playing against college defenses, but the, they still you know, clearly had a connection that I think will translate. And I do think when when the pressure's coming, Joe's going to look his way a lot of times. So I still think, yeah, he'll be uh, – I want to put him uh, as a possible division MVP kind of guy. But I, I do think if Jamar Chase has, you know, not expecting them to put up Justin Jefferson numbers by any means, it would be really unrealistic to ask any rookie receiver to do that. But I do think if, if Najee Harris and the offensive line for the – Steelers, it does present enough problems. Maybe his numbers just won't be quite as high as Chase. So really, it was between those two for me. We met, we mentioned before Rashad Bateman, but I, you know, I'll, I'll believe more of what his how his role translates in that offense and what it really looks like uh, when we see it uh, in the season. It's hard to to predict. I think we I feel a little more safe with picking between Chase and Harris for this for this uh, spot right here. Rashad Bateman was a running back. I feel a little bit better about things in the Ravens offense, but uh, <laughs> wide, wide receiver, I'm not, I'm not willing to go there just yet. But uh, we'll see. But I mean, he, like you said, he could end up, he could not be in the number one guy for for the Ravens as a receiver. And if that's the case, then he'll have a pretty good opportunity. Um, fantasy, we didn't, we decided we're like, all right, we need to start this because we we didn't really do this. We talked about it a bit with the um, the NFC North, but we're like, all right, we need a fantasy division MVP. We're gonna be talking a lot of fantasy as always this season. Um, however, I don't, this wasn't really a huge debate. 
uh, even though it kind of maybe contradicts, but that's where we talk about, like, there's a difference in maybe just pure production and fantasy production. Yeah. And um, even though we both pick Lamar Jackson as our division MVP, we're both also going to pick our fantasy MVP as Nick Chubb, because I think, um, you know, we're, again, you're looking at it from a, a different standpoint, um, you know, scoring and all that is just a, it's a much different uh, animal you're, you're dealing with there. And I mean, look, and the, the question was last year, it was like, well, you know, whenever, you know, they, they have Kareem Hunt there and it's like, well, is Chubb going to be able to still be this sort of dominant guy? Well, yes. Like there, there's your answer. Like he absolutely can. And I think even that's where having someone like Kareem Hunt also helps because those two just compliment me. We've seen it. Like they just compliment each other so well and what they do in the Browns offense and, um, so still, it doesn't take anything away, uh, just having Kareem Hunt there. And so I think Nick Chubb is probably the, the best choice here. And then, like we said, that's where you go into, all right, if Lamar has another huge season, obviously he's in there. You got a lot of other options. Um, you know, and it's just, there's a lot of other directions you can go in, but I mean, Hey, if the Bengals exceed expectations, Joe Mixon's probably in that discussion, uh-huh. you know, like you said, let's say Jamar Chase just has an unbelievable first season. He's in there. There's different ways you could go, but um, I think Nick Chubb's probably the safest bet. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, there's a lot of really good fantasy players, and, and a lot of you will have uh, guys from this division and that you'll be really happy with, like you said, with Lamar Jackson. But it's the same reason that you draft Nick Chubb with your first, you know, yeah. probably in the top 10 um, with your picks and then fantasy and not Lamar. It's just the, the value of the running back position for fantasy is so important. Even over a receiver, that's why with like Chase and, and just there's a little more variability and we, we don't know for sure uh, what how, again, how many targets Chase will get with, with that receiving room. But I, I think you can be really confident in what Chubb will do. Uh, finished third in DYAR among all running backs in the NFL last year, only behind Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook. I mean, what he does his ability to break tackles, the best, uh, you know, broken tackle uh, percentage in the NFL. I believe we looked at when we were talking about him previously from PFF. So, I mean, he, yeah, he's a, he's the number one guy here. It's going to take, it'll take, you know, seeing Harris put up a really great season. I, I do think J.K. Dobbins has that kind of potential. Um, he, he finished against sixth in DYAR uh, last year, which is really high given where he, you know, early in the season, he's still not getting a ton of carries and started becoming more of the primary back as the year went on. I think that'll just take a, a bigger step this year. I still think with the way the Ravens operate, they're going to have a running back by committee approach, but it's similar to like what we said with Kareem Hunt. He's still going to have a, a role with the Browns. So I think JK Dobbins by the end of the year, like if anyone's going to to, to possibly have more value, maybe it's him. But I still think Chubb is. Uh, there's no reason to believe outside of injury that Chubb's not going to be a top five, top six running back in fantasy again. And based on the value of that position, he has to be for me the MVP uh, fantasy for this uh, division. Yeah, looking at fantasy pros, uh, he's sixth, I think, right now overall. Um, just yeah. consensus rankings. In standard leagues, if you look at PPR, he drops down to 10. That's not a surprise, but that's also where you have, you know, someone like Kareem Hunt sliding up. I think he's at 25 in that category. Also, by the way, Najee Harris um, is at 13 in PPR. Oh. So actually not that far behind Nick Chubb. And, of course, Joe Mixon's at 11. So, like you said, I mean, you've got, you know, really three guys right there. And then J.K. Dobbins at 17. So, this is a – it's a fantasy-loaded league. Like we said, there's going to be a lot of guys you're probably going to – try to target and, and you're probably not going to go wrong with um, you know, a lot of these different options here uh, with these guys. So plenty to choose from, I think when you, you look at the, uh, the AFC North, but 
Uh, there is just a, a general overview, like we do on these, heading into the season. And again, we will make our picks and all that uh, coming up here uh, pretty soon before the season starts. But uh, for now, Dylan, uh, we've got a lot of stuff, of course, going on over Clutch Points, getting ready for the NFL season, and uh, just plenty, plenty happening over there. Yeah, we'll have our full coverage of the NBA draft by the time you're listening to this. It will be draft day, at least, or it will have passed. Um, so we'll we'll have all that on Clutch Points. So a lot of content in the app and on the site. Uh, obviously, yeah, for NFL, only will be one week away from the from the preseason opener in the Hall of Fame game with the Steelers and Cowboys. Excited for that. So tons of coverage. A lot of fantasy stuff has been our our big focus. We already did a ton of preview content on each team, and we'll start to preview each division at more in depth coming up. So you can search either, either click on NFL on the on the site or search fantasy football um, to get all of our fantasy content. We'll eventually have also a fantasy tab that you can in the section that you'll be able to click on as well. Uh, so yeah, a lot of a lot of good stuff. A lot of things happening. Also a lot of MLB. Uh, with our MLB games in the app, but also uh, a lot of coverage of the trade deadline coming up in the next couple of days. Uh, so yeah, every, sports are busy right now. It's, <laughs> it's a lot with the uh, with the NHL and NBA seasons moved back, and it's it's now you have like NBA free agency, the draft right around the MLB trade deadline, NHL free agency just started. So we got tons of stuff at clutch points. Whatever sport you're looking for, we got coverage there. Yeah, let's hope it stays that way um, in terms of uh, staying busy and everything going according to plan uh, moving forward. That would be certainly nice to have. Um, I know I'm starting to see some of these states um, make some decisions that uh, could change sort of the, I don't know, fan availability, stuff like that. Hopefully we don't get back to that point. Um, but uh, like you said, there's still going to be plenty going on no matter what. Uh, you can find it all over Clutch Points. And uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, uh, any podcast app you use to search for Stafford's Past. You can find us there. And uh, thanks, as always, to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all they do. And thank you, as always, for listening. Talk to you guys next time here on the Stafford's Past Podcast. <laughs>